Do you need your weekly comedy fix? Relax while we visit the sitcoms you love, the jokes you remember, the characters you will never forget, and the stars that bring them to you. Sit back, it's the laugh track with Jerry Strauss. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the laugh track. This is our opportunity to talk to your favorite stars from TV's funniest shows, past, present, future, all the shows you love, all the people you love right here on the Laugh Track. Of course, you can catch up with everything we're doing on laughtrackpod.com. You can subscribe wherever you'd like. You can catch up with episodes wherever you'd like. You can contact us, join our mailing list. You can do it all right over at laughtrackpod.com. This week, we've got a big one because uh, we've got uh, one of the people you love from one of the shows that you've been loving for a long, long time. Uh, we, we reunited with her and the entire cast of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air over this past year as part of that giant reunion special on HBO Max. Now we're gonna talk to her face to face, well, kind of, uh, <laughs> and she's here right now. Karen Parsons, how are you? Hey, I'm well, I'm very well, thank you. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, this is <laughs> this is weird. It's kind of face to face. I mean, yeah. it's as face to face as we can as we can get, but yeah. But you uh, know what the good thing is is now that we're doing this, like instead of just doing audio, we're going, hey, let's do video. And instead of I, you know, I have phone calls with people usually. A lot of the time, people will take meetings and will say, "Are we going to do it on Zoom?" And so you're meeting. I'm actually seeing more people's faces than I usually do because so much is usually just the phone. And yeah. so it's bringing us to this. I think everybody wants to see each other in person. They want to have some kind of connection with people. They want to see people. So we're all welcoming, you know, this uh, video into our private homes. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Karen. Sometimes I agree with you completely. Sometimes this is cool. This is just fine. Now that we've got this technology, there's some people uh, where it's just like, you know what? I don't need to get anywhere near you. This is just fine. I can log <laughs> off whenever I want. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of nice. <laughs> but, um, you know, great to talk to you, of course. Um, it's been a big year. It's been a strange year, obviously, a unique one. But uh, as far as the just sort of the buzz that has never really gone away from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, of course, after that reunion special. How much of an elevation of, of that sort of buzz hits you after it starts airing and people start uh, binging the show all over again? Is it like a, a whole new level uh, compared to before that special came about? Well, you know, with the Fresh Prince, it's so weird. There was um, There was a long gap where there was kind of nothing. Like after the show went off, it was just kind of quiet. I mean, Will was, 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 he's going like, you know, he was going straight up, but the rest of us were had kind of flatlined and um, if anything dipped away and the show itself kind of went away when Will as an individual went up. And I think for a long time, people weren't really talking about the show, not to me, you know, and I, <laughs> I wasn't hearing much about it. And um, I was finding myself in, situations where I was having to, I remember being in a couple audition uh, situations, having to kind of explain what the Fresh Prince was to people who were asking me what, really? I, what, I, what I'd done before. And I was like, um, <laughs> and I, it, you know, it's not like everyone should have seen the show, but if 
you're kind of in a casting situation, shouldn't you know who's coming into the room? And if I'm a, if I, I look at somebody's resume, if I'm <laughs> talking to sure. them, so, um, but it was weird. And that, so there was kind of that feeling for a while that you know, the show had fallen away. And then there was this resurgence. I really credit um, Alfonso Ribeiro and his Dancing with the Stars, uh, you know, sensation. He was so amazing and so many people tuned in and watched him, you know, just kill it week after week. And I felt like that had a lot to do with it. I don't know, maybe it's just one of those things. Cause also what happened, started happening too, was the whole um, rebooting of shows and everybody was talking about older shows and, and wanting to see them, them back. <clears throat> and people were always asking us, asking me if there would ever be a reunion. Mm -hmm. And we didn't, you know, we knew there wouldn't. And after James Avery passed, we knew for sure there wouldn't, <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, a reunion like what we did was really great and special. And um, I'm so glad we did that. That was amazing. Yeah. And I, you know, that whole concept of a reunion, like a, a revival series, a revival episode, or, you know, actually going back and playing those characters. Um, I did want to ask you about that. But before we get to that, um, it, it's interesting because, I, I mean, really, we have to go back to the beginning here and, and just kind of illustrate uh, the significance of the show. Uh uh, now I think differently than it, than the significance that it that it had before. But let's talk about you for a moment. How did you get cast in the show? Because I think that's kind of a story that a lot of people don't think about the before the before the show ever existed. It, it almost seems like there was never a time that the show didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there was. Um, I was very much. I was very much alive and there in my own life. That <laughs> um, was quite different and would be forever changed after the show. But mm. I, uh, you know, I auditioned. I I was auditioning. I found my my daily planner <clears throat> recently. Well, mm. about a year ago, I found my daily planner with, you know, and I was from that year, and I was looking at all the things that I was doing, and I was like running around from audition to callback to callback to audition, like you know, feed somebody's cat and go to my hostessing job. And go to the, I mean, I was like, I was running all over Los Angeles, doing so busy, doing so many things. Um, and it was just, you know, I'm going to do this, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing this. Like it was no big deal. So I was used to going in on whether it was commercials or television or films. And then working in my, you know, I have my acting workshop and my privates with my my private work uh, uh, lessons with my coach, like working on a part. Like if you had a part, like Fresh Prince, for instance, um, you go you go and you work with the coach and work these auditions through and stuff. And um, and it was just so funny. I was busy doing so many things that it just wasn't. It was almost like none of the. It wasn't landing. There wasn't a lot of a lot of time to get too attached or excited for things you just had to do your best and then move on and then oh i got a call back that's amazing okay go in there and do 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 what you did before maybe even better boom and you know and and so with the fresh prince hadn't done very much so i had to audition for um the casting director's assistant first <laughs> okay and then i had to, so they put me on tape and they said, sent that to the casting director with when she looked at stuff. And, and so then I got to go in for the casting director. And then after the casting director, I got to go in for, I think, 
some writers and then I had, there's probably Andy and Susan Borowitz, I imagine. And then I had to go in for um, Quincy Jones mm. and, and that was really fun and I was really nervous and I saw that in my book. And I was, I was like, oh, there's, there's like Quincy Jones, exclamation point, you know, audition <laughs> for Quincy Jones. And then, um, and then I had to audition for um, the, the, the studio. And then I had to audition for the network. And the day that you audition for the network, everybody from before, they're all there. And they're um. all, and in this case, there was some problem with where they were going to do it. So we were all crammed into somebody's office last minute. And it was a tiny office and people were on the floor. Betty Medina was like on the floor and everyone's <laughs> sitting all over the desk and they're all crammed in there. Oh, they were so warm and, and welcoming and I was a nervous wreck. And I remember I turned, I turned my back to them because they were all like, hey, Karen, because I had seen all of them at some point. And sure, yeah. They were so warm and sweet, and but I was just like, oh, you know, and I turned around and I saw my reflection in something. And so I just started, you know, primping and <laughs> Hillary started to, I started to feel her. So by the time I turned to face them, I was, I was fully feeling my, my my girl so I was like, so that and you know when you're in hillary it's hard to get too nervous because she's so confident so when you're wearing that it's like a, it's like zipping her on when you're wearing her she's kind of teflon you know she feels she hasn't she's not taking in any of your judgment because she's too busy judging <laughs> sure <laughs> she's judging right back so so how um that's an interesting point because you know we know the hillary that uh, Hillary would eventually be. How fully formed was she at that point and in the early stages, the early episodes, <laughs> in your mind? Well, not not much at all. I mean, the whole I, the whole thing is when I got the script originally, it or when I was told the, the breakdown of the character, they said she's a, a model type. And wow. I was like, oh great, okay, well, I'm not a model type. What am I gonna do? <laughs> so I had to figure out, like, you know, so. I mean, I didn't think of it consciously, but she was kind of a model type in her head, right? I mean, she thought of herself as a model type. Mm -hmm. So that's, I just finally, you know, messed around and then started playing with this very silly kind of voice and affectation. And it worked. Like it just kind of, it made it, you know, it seemed very put on and, and silly, but you know, it still made like all the lines made more sense. And and it was just like slipping into this, this thing. Um, I don't think I'm answering your question. What did you ask me originally? <laughs> oh, no, we're, we're talking about kind of how fully formed she was oh, as a character. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where, I mean, it was much more, it was, it was much more there. I didn't know enough about the rest of the cat, the family and even Will and her relationship to them to, to flesh the character out a lot more. That stuff would start coming as you just start living her and, and knowing more about the other characters and your relationship to them and everything else but at that point she was just it was kind of, in, kind of easy in a way because she's so self-absorbed and mm -hmm. she's kind of walking around in her own orbit anyway but we saw on the on the Fresh Prince reunion they showed my first audition oh my goodness and that was terrifying to watch that because first they showed Alfonso's and we were all like ah and all I'm thinking is oh my god they don't have mine do they no. <laughs> so and so Will turned to me, he's like, So so Karen, what do you remember about your first audition? I was like, Oh no. Oh <laughs> no. You must have it. And they played it and um and it was really funny. I mean, I look like all of ten years old and <laughs> and 
in the same green dress that I wore to every single solitary audition because I was so afraid if I didn't wear it that, you know, they wouldn't recognize me or something would go terribly wrong. Lucky so dress. I had to wear my lucky green dress <laughs> and um, with the big shoulder pads. Of course, of course. <laughs> it was, but it was fun. I mean, you know, as Alfonso pointed out, I was like, I had Hillary like in my chin. Like she was in my jaw. <laughs> I guess that, 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 at that point, that's she was all like underbite or something. I don't know what I was doing. Or <laughs> she was all in here. <laughs> that was how deep she was. <laughs> wow. wow. But well, she was in she was in you somewhere. She just had she to kind in... of spread to the rest yes. of you. Yes. <laughs> so I, you know, we, we kind of talk about um and we're I, I was gonna actually ask uh at some point there was a conversation just sort of about the heart that the show had and the way that it was always able to strike a balance of being really silly and really strong comedically, but also being able to have uh, viewers care about the characters. Yeah. So for Hillary, at some point, I have to believe that there was some sort of nuance to what you brought to her that made her more than a one note character, even though she very well could have been if played, you know, more one dimensionally, but there was still something about her that when the time came, um, she could be a sympathetic character and we could actually, you know, care about what was going on with her and feel for her. Is that something you consciously were able to find a way to bring to her? I don't think I was that conscious of it. I think what, I think what probably happened, I mean, I think about it, I think uh, she was genuine in strangely enough. She was genuine. Like she, she was very like when I, if I, you know, I don't watch the show, but if I see pieces of it, I mean, I think that I know that when I, in playing her, you know, she she loved her parents and she loved her, you know, her siblings and she had whatever her relationship was with Carlton, you know, right. <laughs> and, and, and Will was like, oh, she had her feelings about Will, but she cared about her family and she was very much a family person, very much involved in her family, her life, I mean, for such a social, superficial, whatever person, so, so much of it is tied into them and them meaning so much to her that um, I think it kind of came between the right, I mean, there's a lot of it was the writing, but between, sorry, if you're hearing my dog, somebody's oh. ex exciting the dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it is a compliment. Yeah. Um, so I think she, she was very, she was, um, she was, excited about things she was you know in her limited way she was curious about what she was curious, but she had in but she did would have an intense curiosity about the things she was into or she was she would be very um you know she wasn't a dullard in any way mm. and she was so she was very she was curious or she was ambitious or passionate about something no matter how superficial it was and she was genuine like she really she really loved her parents. She was ultimately trying to get what she wanted to get, but she didn't look, she wasn't faking any of that. And I think that that makes somebody, you know, and she was kind of throwing herself out there a lot, which makes somebody endearing too. It, you know, she, she threw herself out there. And there were even a few episodes where when she threw herself out there and then she became insecure, they had that off. And, you know, she had, there was a fine line with her of falling into, and she'd throw herself out there, but she was quick to be like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and, <laughs> or in, in being, you know, afraid she was gonna, not going to please her boss or I'm going to get in trouble or I'm going to get fired or I don't know. You know, she, she was on that teetering a little bit 
with that. She was close to that edge. And so I, I think those things made her a little bit endearing, you know? I mean, and I was trying to, I was coming from a really, a good place with her. I never thought of her as, you know, a bitch. I never mm. thought of her that way. I thought of her as, you know, she's kind of living it like this. She's the first child. She was a girl. <laughs> You know, they dressed her up in lots of things and gave her everything she wanted. Daddy spoiled her like crazy. And oops, mm. look at the monster you made. You know what I mean? So, she was, <laughs> yeah, it was an innocent mistake. It was their fault. It was yeah. all Daddy's fault. His uncle it was uncle uh, all yeah. his fault. I mean, the way I look at her is uh, she was spoiled, but she wasn't uh, evil. She wasn't. Um, no. Like she was in for herself, but she was. she very rarely um, went out of her way to take anybody else down. She just That's wanted funny. what she wanted. Right, right, exactly. I mean, I think that's true too. So she wasn't, she wasn't a bad person, you know. She wasn't a bad person, and I think that's that's part of it. When you see characters like that, they're often, they're kind of, they're nasty or something, you know. They didn't. Sure. She wasn't written as a nasty person. She was written with a good heart, you know. Like I said, a lot of it really is, as you know, I could sit here and talk all day about what I did. They wrote it. The writers mm -hmm. did it. The writers wrote. They wrote a really. Uh, they wrote great characters in a really good show, and they they had a, they understood really well how to strike the balance between um, the really funny stuff, leaving you wide open, and then boom, getting you with the serious stuff when you weren't looking or expecting yeah. it. Yeah, you know? and it's I I feel like that's part of the show's staying power, and you know every time it has a resurgence, I think a part of it is because people kind of connect with it more and more beyond the comedy. Um, yeah. I feel like when, like if there's one clip that I know I see pop up on YouTube again and again and again, it's always the one with uh, with Will and his father, and right. uh, probably the most dramatic scene of the whole of the whole show throughout all yeah. the seasons. Sure. And it's funny to me because you know you think of it as a straight up comedy if you're not paying close attention. But that scene is the one that I think um, connects with people more and more and other aspects of the show like it. So I think that's something yeah. that was almost like your secret weapon. It was. It was funny that way. I mean, I that they were they were all really bright with that. Like I was I was not tuned in enough to what was going on with all of that. You know, I, I you know, I was my fear was always of like, oh, I didn't want to get into melodrama. I didn't want it to be like, oh, a very special Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, like I, I didn't want it to become and I was always afraid of us falling over into corny and um, and I was really or in, in real predictable. And I thought they did a really good job of delivering in a sitcom space serious stuff that resonated with people. Mm -hmm. I mean, Will, Will's performance in that particular show was just like, you know, it was, it, it caught everybody off guard that he, that he just, it caught him off guard probably too, that he went where he went with it when, when we, cause he, we had rehearsed it and it had been great. But when he did it in front of the live audience that time, you know, and, it's so funny because James Avery such a was such a great, generous actor. He could have a scene with you and not have to say more than a word or two. But he's so it makes all the difference if you're there with someone and they're really there with you. Um, and he was really there with Will. He was there for him. I mean, that scene is as much James Avery as it is all of Will's heart, because James was there to help that to help that um, truth come out. 
And, um, and it was so beautiful and it was so, it really touches me when I see it all these years later, people calling on that scene because I think, oh my gosh, it really, it touched so many people in a really deep way. That's, that, that's amazing. That's so important. And I've said this many times, I will say it again. I cannot express how honored I am to have been a part of something that touched people the way that this show has. You know, I, for many years, laugh and kind of like, oh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, we had so much fun. We were like a family, you know, and I do that and I mean it, but I don't let it land, you know, how the, the heaviness people, you know, I go to Comic-Cons a lot when mm-hmm. we are not in the pandemic. Right. And I get to meet people, you know, and I went into them in the beginning. I, I'll admit, I went into them um, there. I was very cynical about them. I was like, what is this? You know, these adults dressed up like, what the heck? You know, <laughs> and in like two seconds, I was like, oh, that was so cool. Oh, that was so sweet. Oh, my gosh, you made that yourself. You know, and then and then people are sharing things with you. And then I'm doing the same thing when I see, you know, Christy McNichol and, and, um, and uh, Tatum O'Neill. I, I, you know, do the whole like, my childhood, this is my childhood, you know, meltdown when I see them. And, and it's just, it's so it's finally really landed on me how much of an impact the show has had on people and culturally even that it's had. And um, anyway, I went a long way just to say, I'm really honored. And, um, and when I see that scene with Will or any of those scenes that people call upon that are serious scenes, from this sitcom, I feel really like, wow, I'm really happy to have been a part of something that hit people and stayed with them. Okay, guys, quick time out here from this fantastic conversation. I'm having a lot of fun, but let's talk about something that is super important. A great organization, No Kid Hungry, is a campaign that is helping kids remain fed each and every day, even when school is not in session. So take a listen to this message and get to know No Kid Hungry. Because of the coronavirus, schools have closed nationwide, and kids in need are missing nearly 34 million school meals every day. For many, it's the only healthy food they might get in a given day. No Kid Hungry has a plan to feed these kids, but they need your help. Donate now at nokidhungry.org to help feed America's children during this crisis and in the months to come. That's nokidhungry.org. Thanks. It's an interesting point you bring up about Will that I think it's been talked about a lot. Obviously, he's grown into such an amazing actor. Um, But I know he's personally talked about how green he was, how inexperienced he was when this show first started to the Mm -hmm. point that he would kind of memorize everyone's lines and be mouthing them back to people while they're saying them. Did that experience of working with him over the years change for you? Did it get easier as he was able to kind of evolve and progress as as an actor alongside you guys? He was never hard to act with. Mm-hmm. I mean, no way. I mean, the only, yes, it was really hard that first time he turned to me and mouthed my lines to me <laughs> when I was more nervous than I'd probably ever been in my life. You know, it was our first, the very first show, the pilot in front of a live audience. And I'm like wishing for anything, some natural disaster to happen so that we don't have to go through with it. I'm so scared. And, you know, I turn to Will and he's, as soon as I start speaking, he's like, blah, 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 mouthing my lines. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you making fun of me? Like, why are you doing this? Are <laughs> you trying to make me mess up? But um, I, uh, no, he was never hard to act with or anything. Quite the opposite. 
his his natural instinct, comedic timing and instincts were, you know, I mean, he's just, those are just natural chops. This is a guy who's been a class clown his whole life and everything. And he's just a charming guy and with, and he's with such sharp wit mm-hmm. and um, he's quick and he, he can also, he can feel a room. So he's got all those elements and he's funny on his feet, you know? So he's got all those things. So when you're with him, acting with him, it's, it's great fun because it's a dance and he's he's there doing the cha-cha you know he's just he's fantastic and that's what was so also so great with alfonso and will watching the two of them because they were this dynamic duo they were like you know abbott and costello or something they were so fun to watch mm-hmm. them switch off and um and they got it and they they just got the timing and everything and will was always great with that and what was funny though is you would see like first year mouthing your lines because he's memorized everyone's lines and then i think it was like third season i forgot what season we came back and he had been working on movies every summer he's mm-hmm. working on a movie and we came back one year and it was the first time i acted with him since we got back after he worked on whatever movie and he was cheating his eyeline so he wasn't looking me in the eyes when he would act i still haven't talked i don't think i've ever talked to him about this he wasn't looking me in the eyes he was looking like over here and I'm looking hmm. at him like trying to get him to like look at my eye <laughs> and, and I realized he's cheating for the camera like he was cheating so that you know he's more so he's not profiled to the camera he was kind hmm. of cheating it so he wasn't quite looking at me but you know and I know that whole trick thing that people sometimes do but oh my god I was like oh no he's picking up things <laughs> that was and dangerous then, yeah, and then you know, but then he stopped. He dropped it. I don't know if anyone called it or if he realizes it's not doing anything or what. But he dropped it, and he's just you know, he was always he is a sponge. If he sees something, finds out about something, wants something, he learns everything he can about it and tries to master it. He's just you know, he's he's one of those people. Wow. <laughs> you know, so he did that. And next thing you know, he's nominated for an Academy Award. I mean, he's he's really um, he's really tremendous. He's got a tremendous uh, gift that way, you know. Mm. Yeah, the gift. It's not what you know; it's what you can learn. I just yeah. made that up, but it's pretty I, wise. You know what? You said that. <laughs> it is wise. I'm sure you mark in that. You know, there is that whole thing about you know. It's like it's one thing to have the talent; it's another thing to show up and you know, and just work at the craft and work at the craft and work at it and work at it, put the, put the time and effort in, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, he's a good example of how that works. Absolutely. Um, and he, you know, all of you collectively made the show successful and you also made it cool. I want to ask you something about, about that because, you know, I'd heard an interview recently and this is a generation or two, even before this show, but with the cast of taxi and they oh, yeah. talked they talked about how um, they, they would have an after party after every taping. And I guess all the shows back then were having after parties, but their after party was the coolest after party. And that's the after party that all the other shows that were filming in the same location wanted to come over to because they had the cool after party. Now, my mind automatically assumes that the French Prince of Bel-Air, if you guys are having parties, that's the party where people would want to be. Is that the uh. case? Our Friday night, ta- our Friday night tapings were the party. Mm. We had 
we had so many people showing up on Friday nights to our tapings to watch our show. You know, we had like, you know, it was like TLC or Eddie Murphy or, you know, wow. LL Cool J or, you know, whoever. It's like Quincy Jones was the producer. We had a DJ who was like playing incredible music in between everything. DL Hughley was the, was our, for many years, was our warm up guy. Or, oh, really? He was warming up the audience. So he was, that was our guy. I mean, come on. It's like, look, talk about a concert. And then you had Will, you know, hyping the crowd up. And in the middle, some, you know, the spotlight would all of a sudden go on Alfonso and he'd do his Michael Jackson impersonation and do a full dance stuff while they were setting up for, for something. I mean, it was like, it was, it was a party. It was, there was so much energy. And people, like I said, people were, people were always showing up to see the show and hang out backstage. It was, it was amazing. We didn't, and, pe and people always said, they're like, you don't know what you have here. You don't know what you have. We're like, sure we do. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> It'll it never like, end. <laughs> It'll ne yeah, this is just life, right? <laughs> yeah. I, it's unbelievable you say that because the, the next thing I was gonna ask you about, and I feel like this kind of bleeds over into it, you guys had more guest stars in your run than uh, probably almost any other show that, that one could think of. Um, I know D.L. Hughley is on that list, which now makes a lot of sense. He was hanging around anyway. Yes, he but, uh, Yeah. But, you know, such a, you know, and a lot of them were, um, were stars that people know. And a lot of them were just kind of names that would get to higher levels in their career after being on your yeah. show. So it, it's a really interesting mix. I was just going to run down a bunch of them for you. And if you wanted to, uh, you know, just quickly say your your thoughts about, you know, the experience of working with sure. them on the show. Sure. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do all these. We don't have five hours. But um, uh, Don Cheadle was on the show. <laughs> well, Don, was, Don and I were really close friends at the time. So it was really funny for him to come on and play Ice Tray. And I, I mean, it was it was so such a fun show to shoot. I can't even say it was like the fifth episode or something. And for Don to come on was just like ah, it was so perfect. And it was such it was really great for uh, for me for Hillary to have that storyline was very funny um, to get involved with Ice Tray, which you wouldn't expect. It was really fun and really cool. And he was he was great. He was of course he was very funny. Awesome, um, Naomi Campbell. Oh, she was she was very funny. We 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 got to hang out afterward. <laughs> we went to the Roxbury and hung out, and I got to like, yeah, you know, hang out. Then I lost her at one point in the club, and I went and found her like in a corner talking to George Michael, and it was like, you know, oh my god, this is nuts. You know, <laughs> stars were there. It was like it was a crazy night, but yeah, I got to hang out with Naomi and be sisters. We're sisters. It's a it sounds like research, you know. It's <laughs> you're building up that model mentality for Hillary. Right, right, so, right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Queen Latifah did two shows. She played yeah. my she played my boss in one show, which was a lot of fun. And she kept calling me like Hickory or no, she kept calling me all the wrong names. And then um, and then she played Will's best friend in another episode and I was gone for that whole week because I was stuck in a tornado in um, or hurricane in um, 
uh, in um, the Bahamas. And so I didn't get there until the day of the taping. So I was like, just there, like sitting on a bed in a scene with in the background or something I forgot. But um, but she, she was great. You know, I've gone on to be fortunate enough to work with her on my organization, Sweet Blackberry. She came over and, and did narration on one of our stories. Um, she's she's an, an incredible talent. That's awesome. Um, Malcolm Jamel Warner, royalty <laughs> in NBC at that royalty, point. Royalty, ab absolutely. I know. Every now and then I see a picture of the two of us arm in arm, um, you know, on Instagram or something. And I'm like, yeah, he was my date. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm was my date. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Have Theo as my my guy. Awesome. Um, <laughs> this, the, this shows you the diversity of this list of the guests that you guys had. We're going from Malcolm to uh, Milton Berle. Can you, believe, can you believe Milton Berle was on the show? I didn't interact with him at all. I only, I mean, I was just this kind of like, I can't believe Milton Berle's on the show. I think Milton Berle couldn't believe he was on the show. <laughs> Because I heard he was a real curmudgeon, and I'm sure he was like, "What am I doing here? Why am I? What is this? Where am I?" <laughs> he was funny though. He pulled it yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's face Milton Berle. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, Sherman Helm Hemsley showed up a oh, one was, yeah, he, yeah, he had a recurring role as the judge, and what a what a lovely man. I remember. Um, Couple of memories of Sherman. He was just a nice, regular guy. This is a guy who was on the Jeffersons for eleven years, and then he was on Amen. You know, he'd been done so much of this of carrying shows and being so so winning all the time. Mm -hmm. Plus, and then all you know, all in the family before, of course, before the Jeffersons. And this guy, before going on, was as nervous as you know the days that you get really nervous. Like you couldn't talk to him backstage wow. right before because he was he was thinking about the show and he was nervous and he was like, I caught him once like that and I thought, wow, that's something. I you know. And then I had a birthday once and I had invited him to his birthday party and he and I got a phone call at the club where the party was and it was him. He couldn't make it. He called me to wish me a happy birthday. That's so that's sweet. Awesome. I was just like, oh my God, that's so sweet to say. I'm sorry I can't come, but I wanted to say happy birthday. He feels like the kind of guy that, you know, with no personal knowledge, he feels like he has the potential to be the guy who, if he does go to the club, he ends up being in the middle of the dance floor with everyone around Absolutely. him. I, I bet. I bet he would have been <laughs> if he had come. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Um, Oprah. Oprah Winfrey was on the show. I know. And I remember with Oprah, I always think about how, because Quincy had been her producer on The Color Purple, and they are very tight. I think they still are very tight. And she was like a little girl around. I have this image of her, of Quincy and Oprah. They had been talking, they were talking, and he was standing, and she was sitting on like a ledge or edge of something with her feet hanging off the edge. And I don't know if her shoes were off or on. I just remember her legs kind of hanging there like a little girl, like talking to Quincy Jones. It was like she was with her dad. It was so sweet. They you know, clearly had a had a tight relationship and she felt, you could see, you could feel how close she felt with him. Was yeah. that, that feels like kind of a common thing. I know, you know, just Quincy's presence. Uh, did it feel like a lot of people, like yourself maybe included, did you have, sort of a, a bond with Quincy, just yes. being part of the family. Oh my God, yes. What a warm, beautiful, big, just heart. What a great man. I mean, just a, he's, he's a great man. He's a great man and he's, he's 
he's Quincy and he's this king, but he's also got, he's this incredibly down to earth, humble quality to him, you know, and he's funny and he's, and he's just real. He's just, I just love, I just love him. I just think he's awesome. I'm really lucky to have been, got to know him. What, you know, great guy. Sure. Um, Tom Jones, that's one of the more memorable <laughs> ones, I think, for the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of my one of the few people I was like, I have to get a picture with him. I have to get a picture, and I got a picture with Tom Jones. And then um, I saw him a few years ago. Actually, I was doing press in London for something, and we were both on some morning show in London. And mm. I thought, oh, he won't know me. He won't know me. But I think, and then, but then, if you know, he stopped me and talked to me and was like, "How are you?" and you know, whatever. And I think, if obviously, as press people were like. She was on the Fresh Prince. I'm sure she was, she was on the show that you were on. Remember that? It's not, it's not unusual, you know, the whole deal with. And um, that was really funny when he did that show. Um, <laughs> there was a point when they were rehearsing it, and Alfonso was. They were trying to get the people to time the music right upstairs for them. And at some point, Alf was like, "No, it's well, something, whatever." And I think Tom Jones said it started to tell them what what the, what the cue was. And Alf said it was something else. And he's like, I he, he, and somebody laughed and he was like, I should know. I mean, I've been working on this all night. <laughs> and James Avery was like, this man has made a whole career out of this song. What are you talking about? <laughs> Trying to out Tom Jones, Tom Jones. He wasn't thinking. He just wasn't thinking at that second. <laughs> here's, a, here's a unique one. Hugh Hefner was on the show. Yes, and we were guests at the mansion. Oh, um, yeah, we shot the show at the mansion, which was cool, um, interesting, and uh, yeah, I mean, he was, you know, he was perfectly perfect gentleman to me. Because like my my interaction with him was all very nice. Uh, Chris Rock popped up on the show. <laughs> yeah, as a. As a girl, I mean, she had two parts. <laughs> yeah, Chris was on the show, and um, and he's another person I've been fortunate enough to bring on board. Sweet Blackberry, I didn't I didn't talk to him a lot there. I talked to him a little bit at the during the show, and um, and then I bumped into him later at some point. Like on the, he was shooting something in the street, and I passed by, and he's like, "What are you doing here?" And I'm like, "I live right there." <laughs> and he's like, he had a crowd. There's this crowd all around while he's sitting on the cab, but then. Um, He's come on board in, uh, in recent years and did um, also narrated one of the Sweet Blackberry films um, awesome. for my company. Yeah, like like Latifah, which is cool. That's great. Uh, let's see here. We'll do we'll do a couple more. This is not a political show. This is not a political statement. This was not Ooh, a political appearance I know where, at the I time. Know where you're going with this uh, one. Of course, Donald Trump, yeah, um, along with. Um, I, there, I'm sure there's a generation of people who obviously know that name, have no idea who Marla Maples is. Who right, appeared. right, right. Marla was on there too. Exactly. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember anything about it. I mean, I, I honestly, I knew that he had been on the show, but right. I forgot I was in the scene, let alone speaking to him until I saw the clips of it in the recent years. And I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a thing that happens. <laughs> that happened. That happened. Okay. Yeah. Um, Robert Guillaume. 
That's sitcom royalty. royalty. Robert Keel. I mean, yeah, talk about sitcom royalty. And um, he was Will's boss at one point. Um, was he really? I, I I wasn't in any of that stuff. Um, okay. I mean, I was such. A, it's so funny. I was such a soap and Benson uh, fan, and but I I um, and I remember seeing I was seeing uh, him around uh, over the years, um, but I don't remember him on the show. Mm. I, I didn't have well, any interaction with him. I think it might have been at a car dealership. I, I could be wrong uh, on that, but um, if that matters. But <laughs> um, okay, two more. Uh, two of the real memorable ones: Boys to Men, the Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah, well, just cool. I mean, I know, I just remember the making the video thing. Yeah, that was about it. I didn't really. Talk, I don't think I talked to anybody. Hi, <laughs> hi. Okay. You were sheltered. You were too busy hanging out with the. You were trying to make plans for afterwards with a yes, Naomi Campbell. Exactly. Right, that was me. <laughs> um, the final one, of course, we talked about the scene before with Will, his dad, of course, played by Ben Vereen. Um, you know, <laughs> of course, Ben Vereen, a multi-talented guy. I'm trying to stretch my memory here. I didn't have a chance to research it. I feel like he played kind of a deadbeat dad on a different show as well, on Webster. Oh, um, do I don't know that. He, I think he was Webster's actual father. I don't know how much of the deadbeat I'm remembering incorrectly. Ah. I'm like, is this a thing for Ben Vereen? Because all I remember is him playing deadbeat dads and um, Chicken playing George. the lion. Oh, oh. Chicken George. <laughs> Chicken George and Roots. <laughs> oh, okay. Right, right. Um, yeah. And the, I mean, as far as my childhood goes, he played a lion on this kid's show called Zoobly Zoo for a number of years. So Ooh, Really? Yeah, oh, so God. very. Uh, I'm like, ah, he's he's like the cheerful lion. No, he's the guy who's like breaking his kids' hearts in every sitcom known to man. Oh yeah, he's a, but, um, he's, like a he's a Broadway like superstar, mega. You know, he's such a mega star. You didn't uh, name one person who was. I, I mean, and I really you you didn't name two people that were other really memorable people in there. I didn't name a lot of people. I was being selective. So yeah, yeah who who else? Do I you just have, have in to mind? give some honorable mentions to Jaja Gabor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Zsa Zsa, who let me, this is right after her, this is like shortly after her whole debacle with a Beverly Hills police officer. She like slapped a police officer across the face. And, yeah. And um, yeah, so uh, there, and she let me wear her ring all day long, which was really cool. She had this giant, it was cubic zirconia, but it was still worth a lot because it was huge. It was this big pink, Big diamond thing, and uh, from her line, and she let hmm. me wear it, darling. You wear it, and I got to wear. She it was all. a personality, you know. She, she was almost great. a precursor, I think, to people being more of a celebrity, like in yes. real life, than for what they did on the screen. Because what can you think of that she acted in? <laughs> <laughs> a little before my time, but I have no clue. No, because um, her sister was in uh, Green Acres. Ava Gardner. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ava Gardner. Uh, Ava. Gabor. Uh, yeah, Gabor, Gabor was yeah, yeah. the was the wife in uh, Green Acres, but not Jaja like did some films and married, uh, you know, a lot of guys. Um, but the other person was Regis Philbin. Mm, okay, yes. Who I have to tell you, I mean, we had like William Shatner, we had all kinds of people, but Regis Philbin was my favorite person of the guests that came on to act with, to act with. Okay. He was so, funny and so dry. And I was like, oh my God, I would love to work with it. Like I would have loved to have done a spin-off because we did like a Regis and Kathy Lee kind of, 
that was kind of our, I like was filling in or think for Kathy Lee or something like that on the show. And um, oh, I was like, I would have loved to work with him all the time. So funny and dry. He felt like a guy who, because, you know, he popped up and guested in a lot of things. He seemed to just love it. He, yeah. he was always, he seems like a guy who was genuinely having fun with every opportunity he had to be on camera, yeah. to do anything. Yeah, I think he did. That, that had to have been fun to work with then. Um, yeah, so many different guests. Again, we, just the tip of the iceberg here. Um, so be, beyond working with guest stars, what would you say was your favorite your favorite storyline or your favorite episode or your favorite scene for, for you? Self-serving. Yeah, yeah. yeah self-serving. For me, I think the most fun was the first season when um, Will and Carlton blackmail Hillary because she dropped out of college and nobody knows. And, mm. um, and so then Will's making me like clean his there is lucky draws and and um and Alf gets in on the fun. He's making me and then he gets on the fun and then there's this dining room scene where I have to bark like a dog and you know <laughs> compliment Will every time Uncle Phil takes a sip of water and smack you know smack and then Carlton makes me smack Will in the head every time. So there's this whole choreographed thing what we had to do and and we pulled it off and it was it was really funny and really fun and the whole show was very fun um, it was it was like a double blackmail thing and i remember it was kind of like a swerve because will was blackmailing you and then carlton joined the dark side too uh after you confided in yeah, him it looked, went to him for help yeah yeah that was, that was my baby brother that and he just baby. saw opportunistic <laughs> carlton He's like, oh, a, yeah, that was really dirty. And when he said, when he turned to me, when I would consider, oh, he's making me do this and that. And he was like, well, you clean mine. When mm -hmm. he turned to me and did that, the audience just started stomping in the stands, clapping and yelling and stomping. They were like, yes, she got hers. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It's worse than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, they grow to be a little more compassionate to you. Um, you know, the, the thing that always stands out to me, and it goes back to what we were talking about before, kind of the melding of the comedy and the heart and everything. Um, Trevor of course, your boyfriend for a time. And I mean, we see a scene where he essentially plummets to his death <laughs> or we we watch the entire family watching TV as he plummets to his death on live TV. It's played entirely for laughs, but then there's very real kind of emotional ramifications for Hillary about the fact that her at that point um, is no more so yeah. uh, did, do you remember that as being like a big moment for you like just that storyline well i remember coming in and i remember reading that script for the first time and being devastated because i loved working with brian mitchell brian stokes mitchell who played trevor loved working with him mm. um and i i really liked the guy a lot a lot as a person i really looked forward to seeing him and hanging out working together so it was this it was a blow that he was getting killed off the show and it was funny but it, so it was this mm -hmm. bittersweet like oh it's funny but does that mean brian's really gone you know so that was really hard um but it was definitely a, a you know a good source of comedy and um they really we really played with it and had a lot of fun doing it but sort of the sound people when he was plummeting 
because they had us watch, we had to watch it, that same thing that the audience saw, which was the Hillary Banks, will you <laughs> And we were watching the, the uh, TV thing that they had pre-recorded. And every time it went down and then the sound people would make some sound effect God. to accompany the landing. Right. Know, everything from biting into an apple to a you know a melon smash to a, you know, every we just kept hearing sounds and we had to kind of keep our whatever our expression was we had yeah. to keep it and regardless of what they were doing up there having fun. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just one of those moments you that if you're a fan of the show you never forget because it was so yeah it was so it's, over it's, the top. In twenty in twenty twenty, that was um, you know that you saw those memes that they would have where it was like you know me yeah, what would it be like um, two thousand nineteen or two, twenty January first twenty twenty and everybody's right. like celebrating or whatever and they would show you know the reality of what twenty twenty became and so they right. they had there was one going around of Trevor and um, Hillary sitting and having champagne and sweat you know in their sweatpants. With him in front of the TV, and then it was, and then the other, and then the next picture of what 2020 was was the family in front of the TV during the with Hillary going, um, "Yes, I'll marry you." <laughs> that was the reality. So for those people, like you said, those people who who get it, they yeah. like, "Oh, I get it." <laughs> exactly. It's like you instantly know exactly. <laughs> you yeah. get the joke. Um, so. Before, before, I, and thank you again for for this entire conversation and just being on the show and being way over time. We'll keep you forever if we could. Um, I, I want to mention, you know, you talked about it before. Sweet, sweet Blackberry nonprofit organization that you know this is your creation. Uh, you bring little known stories of African American achievement to light, um, which I thought was a very eloquent way to describe what you guys do. I saw that. Uh, written somewhere with a really yeah. nice piece that I should have quoted, but didn't, but it's out there. Um, a lot, there's a lot of stuff written about the organization and deservedly. So Thank you. it ha it has to have been uh, an odd year for you in that regard. Um, have you been able to get more done, get less done? Like how has the kind of just the progression of the work that, that sweet blackberry has done been affected by the year? It's been hard because I used to, I mean, what I usually do is go to schools and visit with schools and screen films and talk to kids and stuff. I did some of that virtually. Eventually we found our footing and started doing stuff. We did some stuff with the Fresh Air Fund and then with some classrooms. Um, but it's been, you know, it's been a while figuring it out because, you know, the in-person stuff was out. And uh, I wish I could say that I was as productive as I wanted to be work-wise but for you know, 2020 was like it was very hard to focus and concentrate. And if your work wasn't, it was also because of the distress that was going on. Aside, there was the pandemic, and then there were the protests, and where our heads were with all the injustices and things happening, and frustrations, mm. and uncertainties. And it made it very difficult to focus. So it was a difficult year. Um, I think a lot of good came from it, though. I'm happy to say, but it was, but it was definitely challenging and showed us if all. I think for all of us, it just really showed us a lot of sides of, of ourselves and what's important to us, most important, you know. So I think there was good that came from it, even though it was difficult. And Sweet Blackberry is gonna be, we learned some things and we have now we have a virtual relationship with schools that we didn't. So that's gonna be great for schools who were unable to afford 
in-person visits. Now we're in a position where we can visit people virtually and it's much more affordable and accessible. So I mean, that's a great thing that's come out of it too. Cool, cool. Um, before I let you go, I teased it before, I can't let it go. I know you guys, uh, a reunion, an actual uh, revival of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, not in the cards, but if you are hard pressed right now to come up with some sort of an outline where these characters would be uh, today. Um, well, I, let's run them down. What do you think? Nobody knows know, better than you. I don't know where they'd all be. I mean, I know Hillary would probably be an internet star for sure. <laughs> you know, she'd run it. She'd be, you know, forget Kim Kardashian. I mean, Hillary would oh. be like, would be the queen of the internet easy. She'd be like today's Zsa Zsa Gabor. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think that would definitely be where she would. <laughs> What, any thoughts on any of the others? I mean, if you were going to have to try to craft a. I don't know. You know, I think we talked about this once um, together, but no, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, Ashley would probably be like a, you know, a serious activist and pop star, but like a really serious, you know, in her mm -hmm. thing. I, you know, uh, Carlton would probably be her lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and will that's a that's a really tough call that's a really mm -hmm. tough call i'm not sure where i would love to hear what will thinks will would be doing hey never ever ever say never to anything yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um yeah so anyway i mean it's been so cool to catch up with you and talk about all this stuff um, where do you want people to follow you? See what's coming up in 2021. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be, um, well, right now you can visit Sweet Blackberry. Uh, there's a Sweet Blackberry website, sweetblackberry.org. Um, we're also on social media as I am. So we've got, we're on Sweet Blackberry. I think it's like SWT Blackberry on at Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook and I Karen Parsons Karen underscore Parsons at Twitter and Instagram and Karen Parsons on Facebook you can find me and find everything that we're doing and um, and things that we have coming up something we have a few things coming up soon so you know awesome. check us out awesome definitely will definitely should definitely do that people and definitely thank you Karen so much for being on the laugh track it's been great to talk to you thank you you too I appreciate it Guys, thank you again and again and again for joining us on The Laugh Track. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate you following us and sharing and spreading the word. And we want to keep the ball rolling. The Laugh Track, of course, produced by me, Jerry Strauss, with additional major league production by our maestro, Steve Prentice, our friend who does all the heavy lifting here on this show. And of course, if you want to hear more of our show, make sure you check out our website. LaughTrackPod.com is your one-stop shop for episodes old and new, as well as our free mailing list and links to all of our social media and many of the outlets where you can hear the show. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we are on Google. We're everywhere, man, and you can be too. So make sure you subscribe wherever you'd like so we, you can get the latest episodes as soon as they are released each and every week. Of course, social media, we're all over it, man. Instagram, we have an account that you can and should follow at Laugh Track Pod. Twitter, follow us there at Laugh Track TV. And of course, our Facebook group is growing and popping off. 
if you will. Is that what the kids say? You can check us out there and please join us at facebook.com backslash groups backslash laugh track pod. Until next week, I'm Jerry Strauss. For Steve Prentice, this is the Laugh Track.